Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel, and here with me to preview the Syracuse Regional are Jake Pavorsky and Josh Brown. Jake, what's up? Dan, I'm doing great. Uh, glad to finally be talking about the Syracuse Regional um, and giving those fans the the regional they deserve. They've done a great job of traveling over the country, um, you know, over the past few years to watch the Bayhams Army team play. It's only right we bring it to them. So excited to, to see how this region plays out. Josh, how are you doing? Doing great, Dan. Uh, yeah, like Jake said, these uh, Bayhams Army fans, arguably, not probably even not arguably, probably definitively when you look at the totality of TBT, the best fans we've ever had. So excited to uh, get a regional up to them. Totally agree. Uh, guys, we're going to jump right into it and start with Bayheim's Army. They're the one seed playing on their in their hometown, not in their home court. We're going to play these games at a local uh, arena nearby. But they are the one seed. They're going to play a team called We Are D3, a Division Three, essentially a Division Three all-star team. Um, this is the one seed versus the eight seed on Friday, July 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, live on ESPN2. So be sure to tune in for that one. Bayheim's Army, guys, is a fifth year now TBT participant. Features some of the all-time greats from recent Syracuse basketball history, named, of course, after uh, Jim Beheim himself, who I believe was going to be in attendance up there in Syracuse. The We Are D3 team is a second-year TBT participant. They participated in the West Regional last year out in Los Angeles. Uh, they are headed up by Mike Regniak, uh, who has some, a lot of really great D3 coaching himself. These are some of the best guys from D3 basketball, as we've said. However, they really have their work cut out for them, Josh, against Beheim's Army. Yeah, they do. And also assisting Reginiak is Matt Droney, who won a, a national championship at the D3 level at uh, Babson um, not too long ago. And he's actually coaching at MIT now. So two really good coaches on that team. Like you said, Dan, they'll have their coaching work cut out for them. Um, D3, with that being said, uh, kind of an interesting scenario here in that, um, A, they played Sons of Westwood. Uh, they were only down like two points at the half, or maybe they were winning by two. It was a two-point game at the half last year, but they decided to bring in a totally new roster. Um, and that that's headlined by Brandon Federici, who played for Franklin and Marshall College. Um, he's the leader in career points there, scored over 2,000 points, averaged 20 points a game his senior year. Um, just one of the elite D3 players, really, not only of that team, but of all time. Um, and that that's kind of where their scoring is going to come from. They go up against Bayheim's Army, that Syracuse alumni team. Um, if you're kind of new to TBT, this is a very traditional Syracuse team. They play that zone defense. Um, even everything down to the jerseys is really just a replica of what you get in the wintertime with Syracuse basketball. Eric Devendorf, kind of the leader of that team. Um, he's been with them every single year. Uh, interesting addition with them bringing in Jordan Crawford, who has obviously a lot of NBA experience. He played at Xavier, but is good friends with Eric Devendorf. Uh, and Devendorf, you know, brought Crawford in. They were looking for an extra body. And that's really going to help that backcourt of Devendorf, Gillen, and now, um, and also Brandon Trish, along with Jordan Crawford. You add in Hakeem Warwick, who is a multi-year NBA vet. Daryl Watkins, who played on one of the original Bayheim's Army teams, but has taken a couple of years off. Um, this looks like it might be the best Bayheim's Army team we've had yet. Um, I just love that addition they made with Jordan Crawford. So um, Bayheim's Army, obviously the favorite to not only win the game, but the regional as well. But we are D3, obviously, is kind of always a wild card. You really don't know what you're going to end up getting from them. 
Jake, the addition of Jordan Crawford, instant grits, as he was known in New Orleans when he played with the Pelicans, is really an intriguing one for Bayham's Army because he brings in something that they've lacked, which is that guy that can just get a bucket whenever and whenever he needs to. Um, he's a buddy, apparently, of Eric Devendorf uh, from the Detroit area. They get they get together up there to work out. Devendorf hasn't played anywhere professionally in a couple of years now, but every year that he's in TBT, Jake, he seems to play phenomenal basketball, and I wouldn't expect much different from him this year. Yeah, I think almost him not being able to play throughout the year uh, is kind of helpful in this case where someone, you know, his age, you know, approaching the mid thirties um, kind of allows him to save a little bit of tread on the tires. But, you know, Eric Devendorf has a, a ton of great ball left in him. I, I don't see him slowing down this summer or any summer anytime soon. Led Bayheim's army in scoring last year. And, you know, you got to respect a guy that, you know, comes out and plays in this event every summer has been with this team since they started uh, and brings that same fire and energy that he did when he was 20 and 21. Um, you know, leads to a couple skirmishes here and there, but he's the emotional leader of that team. Um, and he leads by example, too, in, in terms of scoring, you know, and playing hard for that team. And, uh, you know, after, you know, I, I think that he'll continue to be a, a really important player for that team. Crawford, you know, it's always good to have guys that can play within a system. Uh, Crawford is not that guy. But I think in this case, you need someone like you alluded to, to go and get a bucket, kind of take over a game. Uh, Bayhams Army has not had that in the past. They do have that now in Jordan Crawford. And Having him next to John Killen, who I think really took a step forward last year, um, looked really comfortable playing on that team after his first year where he was a little more timid. Uh, I think those two can make a really dangerous pairing. I, I think the the key thing for that team going forward is you have to watch the availability of Chris McCullough, uh, who recently signed uh, in the Philippines, uh, helping his team, I think the San Miguel Beerman, which is an awesome name, uh, to wrap up their season. They're fighting for a playoff spot, and they brought him in. Um, I think they've got a couple games left. If they don't make the playoffs, it sounds like he'll be back in Syracuse. If they do, um, they will not have him for at least the foreseeable future. Uh, so something to monitor there as, as you keep an eye on Bayheim's army. Uh, unfortunate for D3 to run into a buzz. So I do hear uh, that Bradley Jomard played at MIT. is actually an aerospace engineer. Uh, pretty uh, interesting guy there on that team. And I has a, a French passport. I hear he's a EuroLeague-level talent. So someone to keep an eye on on that team. But, uh, you know, Bayheim's army is awesome. And then... Uh, you talk about them adding Michael Benege to a guy with some NBA experience, a big guard, a uh, former Duke guy who transferred to Syracuse for his final three years. Gives them a versatile piece, I think, almost similar to like a DJ Kennedy type, uh, you know, having a big uh, ball handler to bring into that mix. Uh, a great ad for that team uh, right here before the deadline. You know, one thing D3 is missing that they had last year is Joey Flannery, who I think was at least a two-time National Player of the Year in Division Three, won the national title. Uh, while he was in uh, college. So I think that's going to be a little bit of a, a loss for them. So we'll have to see what happens. D3 is really going to have to shoot it. That's really the only way you can beat the zone to begin with. So they're going to have to shoot lights out. And if they do so, then it could be an incredible upset up there, up in Syracuse, and certainly one that the hometown crowd uh, would be pretty disappointed to see. So we'll have to see what happens. The uh, next game, guys, that we're going to preview is the winner of the 4-5 matchup. These are two teams that have played each other in the past and have uh, always competed hard in TBT and are sort of mainstays in that Northeast Regional at this point. The fourth-seeded Team Fancy against the fifth-seeded Gale Nation. Team Fancy is, uh, in a lot of ways, sort of epitomizes the high quality of New York streetball scene. Uh, Gale Nation is, of course, an Iona alumni team organized by John Kiggins. Uh, Griffin Taylor has organized this Team Fancy now, I believe now for the fourth year in TBT. Gale Nation enters its third TBT tournament and had a really tough loss last year. Um, anyways, this is a 4-5 matchup. It's going to take place on Friday, July 26th at 5 p.m. on ESPN3. Josh, your take on this matchup between Team Fancy, the four seed, and Gale Nation, the five. Yeah, again, a really interesting matchup. I know, um, obviously, 
Team Fancy wants that third shot at Bayham's Army. They fell to them the last two years. And you got to like what they did with their roster. They brought in Kenny Boynton from Florida, who has TBT experience. Another two Florida guys in um, in Casey Hill and also Irving Walker, who played with that Team Fancy team a year ago. And arguably the biggest addition is Brad Greenberg at the head coaching spot. Um, he's the brother of Seth Greenberg, who obviously calls a lot of our games in TBT. Um, Brad Greenberg, he's worked on college staffs. He's currently coaching over in Israel. He's a head coach over in that top league in Israel. So uh, a high-level coach. And I think talking to Griffin Taylor, he feels that's kind of just been what this team fancy has been missing. Griffin Taylor has kind of carried the torch as really the de facto team head coach. And he said, you know what? Um, I don't want to be the one to hold this team back anymore. So he went out and through some connections was able to get Brad Greenberg on board. I think that's going to be a big addition in addition to these Florida guys they're bringing in. And then they bring back Delroy James, who um, really a, a, um, you know, a Rhode Island legend for what he did in college, but also um, a streetball legend over in New York. He currently plays over in Greece, but uh, really known for what he does in the summer, coming back to New York and playing um, really in all those kind of outdoor leagues and really dominating. So um, really interesting team fancy piece. And then Gale Nation with a big addition of their own and Ricky McGill, who just graduated, um, played in four straight NCAA tournaments with Iona. One of the only players to ever do that in Gale's history. He scored 20 points against UNC last year in that tournament game. Uh, the Iona team almost beat UNC in that opening round, if you remember. Played them really tough, so a big addition to them. But uh, I really like what Team Fancy's done, both bringing in the Florida guys and Brad Greenberg. I think they end up getting that third shot at Bayham's Army. Yeah, the Greenberg addition at coach is really an interesting one for them because it's something that I don't think they've necessarily had a coach of that caliber and with that kind of resume uh, in the past. But Jake, this is going to be a fantastic 4-5 matchup. Really, to me... Uh, is going to be who's tougher. And I don't know who's tougher because you've got two of the toughest teams in all of TBT competing at it against each other right here. Yeah, I mean, it's New York versus New York. And, and those both these teams kind of embody that fighting spirit. I mean, Delroy James is uh, probably one of the more underrated guys in TBT. Um, listed as a small forward, that man could be playing center in this thing if you really wanted to. Tough, physical, powerful scorer, Sec Henry, uh, 6'4", you know, another guy who's a physical guard. You have D'Angelo Harrison who played at St. John's and, uh, you know, kind of embodies everything that New York basketball is about, even though he's he's a guy from the Texas area. And then you flip over to, to Gale Nation, you know, props to John Kiggins for kind of flipping over this roster and, and making do with what is essentially uh, a brand new team outside of Steve Burt. Um, you know, Ricky McGill, you know, is a really talented scorer, a guy who scored in 26, I think, against UNC in their NCAA tournament games. So someone who can't be overlooked, but uh, they bring in Jordan Washington, um, you talk about someone who's tough and physical and is going to play with an edge. I think Jordan Washington is certainly going to be the guy to do it for that Gale Nation team. Uh, so, you know, to see those guys mix it up, wouldn't be surprised to see some pushing, some shoving, some uh, some technical fouls. Um, so it's going to be a, a really good, fun matchup. And I, I think one that, um, you know, Gale Nation has always been involved in some really tough games. I don't see this one being any different. And again, this is going to be the 4-5 matchup. The winner will take on the winner of Bayheim's Army. We are D3. This matchup takes place at 5 p.m. Eastern time on Friday, July 26th on ESPN3. All right, guys, moving down to the bottom half of this bracket here. We have the three-seed Team Brotherly Love against the six-seed playing for Jimmy V. Team Brotherly Love is essentially the same team that played as Talladega Knights last year with a couple of really big additions that we're going to talk about. Uh, playing for Jimmy V., 
um, is a new squad. Uh, they've had some experience with TBT with some of these guys having played on a Rutgers alumni team in the Jamboree in 2017, but by and large, uh, a new squad for TBT. They, of course, are affiliated with the Jimmy, Fee, Jimmy V Foundation, uh, which raises money for cancer research. Um, I love Team Brotherly Love. I think this is one of the more talented teams in all of TBT. I think especially in light of some of the additions that they've added on here. They've brought in Jason Thompson, who did not play last year, but is clearly an NBA talent. Uh, and they also have brought in a couple of other really great players, including Mo Watson from Creighton. Uh, but J- Jake, your thoughts on this matchup between the three-seed Team Brotherly Love and the sixth seed playing for Jimmy V. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a really great game between two teams that really have some Philadelphia ties. Um, you know, Rutgers general manager uh, Alex Newman is from the Philadelphia area, and Team Brotherly Love obviously is, is representing the city of Brotherly Love. Uh, Brotherly Love is technically a new team, but not really in the sense that, you know, a lot of these guys played on that Talladega Knights team that stunned a lot of folks and went far last year. Mikhail Stibbins, Ramon Moore, France Massonot, Sammy Givens, Samaj Inge, Novark Gadsden, Shannon Givens, all returned from last year's team um, that made a deep run. And then you add a guy like Jason Thompson, um, the longest tenured Sacramento King of all time, who's carved out a, a nice career overseas, will probably be playing the fire for them. A guy who's improved his range over recent years, uh, but is tall, long, and athletic. And Mo Watson, uh, who was a, a great scorer when he was at Creighton, uh, gives them a sort of a shifty point guard to put in the backcourt next to Massinat, uh, who I, I think um, really should be getting more NBA looks than he has in previous years. Tough coming up from a school like Drexel, but has carved out a, a nice lane for himself in Germany as one of the, the premier uh, backcourt players there. Uh, a really excellent team. And then you flip over to, to Jimmy V, obviously some, some Rutgers influence there, kind of the, the motivation for that team. Jim Valvano obviously intricately involved uh, with that program while he was there. Uh, I think the guy to keep an eye on is Corey Sanders, a, a high school you know, mixtape legend, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, coming up from Florida. Uh, I think his Rutgers career probably didn't plan, pan out the way he totally would have liked, but a guy who can certainly get a bucket, flashy, superstar kind of, you know, athlete, uh, will really make a lot of plays for them. And then you bring in some some new talent on that end. Uh, Jason Dunn just graduated from Hartford, a really talented shooter. Uh, Michael Holloway from FDU was really played really well for that team uh, in their NCAA tournament matchup against Gonzaga. A couple of familiar faces, Bashir Ahmed played last year for the St. John's uh, alumni team uh, during our, our Big East pod in Milwaukee. Uh, so two really, you know, well-matched up teams, a lot of good guard play. Uh, it, it's tough for me to give a team a real edge here. I'm going to go with Brotherly Love just based off of their, their previous experience and success and the fact that they're adding great pieces to an already incredible core. Uh, but I, I expect that to be one of the more underratedly good matchups um, that we'll see in Syracuse. Josh, what do you think of this one? Uh, Three-seed team Brotherly Love against six-seed playing for Jimmy V. Yeah, I think Brotherly Love. I've You know, you got to like everything they're all about. I mean, it seems like, I mean, remember last year, not only did they have to win three games as a number 16 seed, then they went to to advance to the Super 16 because they played a playing game and then the two regular regional games. But then they went to Atlanta to play the Golden Eagles. And um, remember, that game was going into the Elam ending tied. Um, that was a tie game. And then Jameel Wilson, obviously, um, one of the more kind of well-known Elam ending moments from the last tournament, you know, he had a couple of threes and then a block on the defensive end. And, um, he basically scored seven points in like under a minute and put that one away. But, um, kind of what I kind of gathered is the brotherly love guys, formerly known as the Talladega Knights guys, we were all kind of stunned by that. I mean, here they are in a close game and then Jameel Wilson just goes off and all of a sudden their really great tournament run is over. Um, 
And they're one of the teams who I've seen just talking about TBT since like since like September almost. I mean, it seems like this group has been really into it. Uh, they, I think they know based on the run they made last year that they can compete uh, in TBT and that they're a lot better than maybe we seeded them uh, before. And uh, I think they just have a real chip on their shoulder. I think, like Jake mentioned, the additions they brought in most notably Jason Thompson is going to be a game changer. And um, they're sneaky, a team who could win this Syracuse regional. So I think they end up getting through uh, game one. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with you on anything that you just said. They played great last summer. They played as a unit. You're adding in a big piece in, in Jason Thompson. I, I, this is an excellent team. Anyways, that's the 3-6 matchup between Team Brotherly Love and the 6th seed playing for Jimmy V. That's going to be the first game of the day at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday, July 26th, streaming live on ESPN3. All right, guys, the last game that we're going to preview here is the second game of the day, actually. It's the second-seeded Armored Athlete against the 7th seed Team Dratty. Uh, Armored Athlete is now in its fifth year, Josh? Fifth year, yep. Is that, is that right? Amazing. Every time I'm like stunned that it's been five years these teams are playing. It's their fifth year. Armored Athlete is in their fifth year, and they're playing the seventh-seeded team, Dratty, which is in its first year. Dratty is, and of course, a Manhattan alumni team, uh, which features really some of the best players from Manhattan over the last five or ten years at least. Armored Athlete is probably one of those teams that and I, in fact, I would say it. I think this is the team that's probably been the most successful in TBT without having made it to the semifinals yet. Um, they are loaded. It's a team that every year is good. They come hard, come ready to play and play hard every single year. They've got some late additions to this roster that are going to be dynamic, including Dominique Sutton, who's one of the best athletes, Arnett Moultrie, uh, and Isaac Haas. This is really going to be a fantastic team. I think the seventh seed is going to have their work cut out for them, but having all gone through the same program, having competed together, and having uh, that commonality uh, is going to make this Manhattan team a tough out, Jake. Yeah, I mean, it, if you can look at some of the, you know, Manhattan's obviously had some good runs in previous years, and if you know, you look at those rosters, you know, who was there during that time period, uh, you'll see a lot of those guys in the team Dratty roster: George Beeman, uh, Shane Richards, you know, really good shooter; Zane Waterman, uh, as well as Rich Williams. They, they bring a lot of those pieces together. Uh, I like Xavier Turner, too, an undersized guard, but shifty, quick, will get to the bucket, uh, make teams pay. Ramel Brown, you know, brings you a nice inside presence, a physical guy, even though he's a bit undersized. Uh, I think it's just kind of a cool story, frankly. You look at it, um, team GM, Kenny Bowen. Um, for us in the TBT staff, we've, we've seen Kenny and his wife and their, their beautiful little baby, uh, you know, at the games. And every single – they're big Bayheims Army fans, big Syracuse fans. We see them, you know, all across the country, everywhere they play, uh, they're there. Um, and the fact Kenny is obviously is a Manhattan graduate, but, a, you know, grew up a Syracuse fan and is now sort of taking his Bayheim's Army experience and learning about TBT as an opportunity to build uh, his own alumni team. So I think that's a really cool storyline. The fact that he'll, you know, be in Syracuse with the potential, you know, down the line to run into Bayheim's Army uh, could be a real surreal moment and uh, a nice little story there as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, Josh, your thoughts on this 2-7 matchup with uh, Armored Athlete, one of the more successful teams against the new C new team in TBT, uh, Team Dratty. Yeah, I, it'll be an interesting game. I mean, um, I think where Armored Athlete really shines this year is their guard play. I mean, it's unbelievable. John Robertson, who played for that Matadors team the last couple of years, he's moving on, on to Armored Athlete this year. He is um, He was the leading three-point shooter in Russia, which is a very good league over there. Xavier Rathan Mays, who's had NBA looks, he'll join up. Tariko White, who um, he just won NBL uh, Finals MVP. His team actually beat a team with that had Casper Ware, DJ Kennedy, and Josh Boone on it uh, in the championship game. 
uh, his Perth Wildcats ended up beating them, and he was named Finals MVP. He comes back for this armored athlete team. Um, and then uh, that's kind of their big three in terms of their backcourt, but that's one of the most dynamic backcourts we have in all of TBT. You bring in a big seven foot one center, Michael Ojo from Florida State. Um, I, I get a butcher of the name, so I apologize in advance, but you bring in Igor Kolachov from uh, the University of Florida. He can really shoot the three ball, one of the better shooters that's gone through that program. And then Murphy Holloway, too, has played with this armored athlete team for a couple of years now. He comes from Ole Miss. Uh, so him and Terrico White kind of bring that Ole Miss connection. Um, just an absolutely loaded team. Uh, it's kind of amazing how it's kind of we're kind of in phase two of the armored athlete um, kind of TBT legacy. They played their first couple of years with those. It was kind of those Indiana guys who was the core, Christian Watford and uh, Will Sheehy and Jordan Halls and um, Julian Gamble from Miami has been with that team from the beginning. It feels like they're kind of moving on now to phase two where they're bringing in some new guys and kind of seeing who the future of the Summered Athlete team could be. So uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch not only this year, but um, based on who plays this year, who comes back for them next year and the year after, because uh, they're a team in TBT. It seems like they're going to keep playing as long as, uh, as long as we have a tournament. Yeah. I think one of the cool things that um, I find about Armored Athlete is that they've gotten a reputation now to the point that, that they can go out and recruit guys year over year that had nothing to do with the team the year before. And so from that perspective, it's been fascinating to see this team develop. That, again, is going to be the two-seed against the seven-seed in Syracuse. That'll be on Friday, July 26th at 3 p.m. Josh, let's start with you. Who do you have making it through the Syracuse Regional? And tell me why, if you don't mind. Yeah, I have I have the home team. I have um, Beheim's Army. I think uh, we talked about it, that Jordan Crawford addition is dynamic. I It just felt like they had to do something um, – I don't know why. It just felt like they had to do something to upgrade that roster. Just even if it just because of the TV, the talent in TBT keeps getting better and better. They did that with Jordan Crawford. Um, if McCullough plays, that's another huge addition. I just kind of like what they've done with that team. Uh, and they have a home crowd advantage up in Syracuse. It's going to be an amazing atmosphere up there. So I have the orange making it to Chicago. Jake. This is tough, really. Um, I honestly think that Chris McCullough is a huge piece to that team. And if he's not there, I think that kind of takes away uh, one of the more interesting and dynamic scorers that that team could really have. I think I really love what this Armour Athlete team has done. Um, I think that they've kind of gone away from um, their mold in previous years and have just brought in some like natural born killers. Rattan Mays, John Robertson, they got from that Matadors team, I think is an awesome addition. They have some really good shooters in Keith Hornsby and Igor Kulachov. Uh, and the fact that they, you know, Sutton is, is a physical guard. And the fact that you bring in Arnett Moultrie, guy with NBA experience, and Isaac Haas, uh, who you're adding to a, an already huge front line with John Bryant, that, that team is a buzzsaw. Um, they're going to be really tough to beat. And, and you could, you know, you could talk about all these guys for five minutes at a time. I won't do that, of course. But uh, it, it, this is, I think, is finally the year that Armored Athlete really breaks through. Um, and right now, they're, my, they're definitely my pick. Uh, to win that regional, and I, I think we could see them in that championship game in Chicago as well. That's going to be interesting. I, you know, that's the second. If they make it, if both the second seed and the third seed advance, they've got a really hard game against uh, Team Brotherly Love, I think. And then they got to play Syracuse on the home court, Bayhams Army, essentially in a home court. Syracuse traditionally is one of the hardest places to win at in college basketball, only because, if only because, uh, they've one of the largest attendance on average, of any school in the country. Now, factor that into playing in a small gym where it's going to be packed in orange the whole time. It's going to be a really tough game. I've got Syracuse, Bayheim's Army advancing 
uh, from this regional as well. But I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if it's Armored Athlete or Team Brotherly Love that makes it through. Um, some of the others might be a little bit more of a, of a surprise, but you know, you never know what's going to happen in TBT because it all depends on who shows up and who shows up ready to play. All right, guys, that's the last regional preview that we're going to do. We'll hopefully be back at some point, maybe to do a recap um, as we enter the Chicago quarterfinals and semifinals and championship series that are all going to take place between August 1st and August 6th. All of those games are going to be on the ESPN family of networks as well. Josh, Jake, before we even get to the Chicago regionals, I want to hear who you think is going to win TBT this year. I uh, I'll go. I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise if you've listened to any of the podcasts. I think Overseas Elite marches through Richmond, survives a couple of scares in Chicago, and ends up winning uh, the TBT championship. I think you said it on a different podcast, Dan. You really can't. I just don't see a way to pick against them until they end up losing. So I'm going to go with the safe bet and go with Overseas Elite winning number five. All right, Jake, you've got Overseas Elite going out in round two, so clearly you disagree with Josh. Who do you have winning TBT this year? I have Challenge ALS finally getting the job done and taking it on. Not only would it be great to see them do it, uh, you know, on behalf of the Frady's family, um, you know, and given everything that team has gone through, you know, running into Overseas Elite in the championship game in Baltimore two years ago, uh, Sean missing those free throws to potentially send that game into overtime and give them that shot at, you know, extending that game and winning that $2 million. Uh, I, I think if there's ever a year for them to do it, it's got to be this year. Loaded with talent from top to bottom, playing for a great cause, you know, united and, and guys that, you know, know their roles, know what they need to get the job done. Uh, I, I think that they, they find a way to get through Salt Lake City. And if they do that, uh, I think it's the rest of it is theirs for the taking. Uh, I like what Sean's done. And, you know, I, I think this is finally their year uh, to take them the prize. I think it would be great. It would just be cool to see them, you know, finally get it done. All that hard work over the years finally pays off and, uh, my guess is it, it finally will. I love that pick. I don't know that I can go with it. Uh, I got to pick overseas lead only because until they lose, I'm not going to believe that they ever can lose. But that challenge ALS team is loaded. I think I, I, I said this in a previous podcast, but I think three of the top 10 teams are in that Salt Lake regional between uh, Team for Debt, Challenge ALS, and the one seed Everline Drive. It wouldn't shock me if any one of those three teams were to win it. Wouldn't shock me if obviously overseas elite were to win at Bayheim's army. You've got some really awesome teams in TBT this year, guys. I want to thank you for going through all this work. It's been a lot of work to get all eight of these regional previews out, but hopefully you've enjoyed all the information that you've gotten. And you feel a little bit more educated as you go to fill out your bracket. Remember that you got to have your bracket done before the games tip off. Otherwise it doesn't count. And there are $200,000 on the line, which are, I think if you're really paying attention to how the fan contest works this year or the challenge or whatever you want to call it, how that works this year, the success of your bracket is really going to determine how high you end up being ranked at the end of TBT uh, qualification this year. So be sure to listen to these podcasts, tell your friends to listen to them, and pay attention to some of this inside information because you're not going to really get it on this level of detail from anywhere else. Josh, thanks for all the hard work this year. Jake, thank you again for everything that you've done. We'll be back hopefully between the regionals and the quarterfinals to give you some more details, some more tidbits, and some reactions to some of the things that have invariably surprised us in TBT 2019. We'll talk to you soon.